if you have kids, huge news, we made them. Clouds and Dirt in kid sizes on kswiss.com right now. Uh, they're about to sell out. Uh, so for everybody going back to school or if you got a three, four, five, six year old entrepreneur or nine year old uh, who really wants to rock them, kids K-Swiss, Clouds and Dirt on kswiss.com now. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be What I was also, I really believe, um, just, I, I really actually believe your take on the business of music, the B2C and B2B Correct. take on music is interesting, um, interesting to me because I think your perspective could have me look at it differently and allow me to activate areas that exist that we haven't sort of and you'll know what yet. and you know what the best part is you'll you'll and this is just how we're going to start jamming right from the get I'm so crazy on this I'm going to say everything diarrhea and throw up like you know when that happens weirdly when you're really sick and you'll know what to do with it right. I have no heart I don't give a fuck right. for real you know what to do right. but I know intuitively and I don't know the music business at all but I know this they're famous as fuck and there's so much opportunity for disruption in an interesting way here's why the money is not at the end consumer in the way that it always was. We all know that. Streaming, all this. You can't make money on the records. But there's so much money in brand. So much. Which is what I've been spending the last seven years on. And there's so much money in access. So much. And you gotta understand. And that won't go away for a very long time. And you have all the permission to own the fuck out of that. Crazy. IKE asks, as a rapper, what are the best marketing tips to implement? Should I treat music like an entrepreneur would his product? I, I would just say exactly what you know Gary said before, just add value. You know, um, think about a specific group of people, because you can't reach everybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being real. I don't care how good you are at what you do. You pick your poison, you pick a group, and you just pour into that group so that every time they listen to you, like Gary said, like I'm not a beyond, I'm just be honest. Like I don't, I'm like Gary, I don't listen to anything. I don't read anything. But I got hooked on this Beyonce song. I, I was here. <laughs> and I, I've been listening to that song this morning. I was listening to it. It's like I can't put it down. And it's not because it's Beyonce. Like no disrespect, but it's not because of what you think. But when I hear the song, I hear I was here. So I'm waking up this morning like, when you hit the Gary Vee show, you got to be present. Like not just there, you got to be present. Because you may only get to do this one more time. So I'm listening to her song and I felt like she wrote it for E.T. So if you're going to write We should find out. We should activate everybody. <laughs> Let's find out if B wrote it for you. You think she did? I, I believe she wrote it. <laughs> I really Listen, I think, I, think, I think way too many people, I'll give you my advice. I think you need to make pretend, uh, not make pretend, let me rephrase, you haven't made it. I don't think this was J. Cole asking the question, right? So you haven't made it, so stop being fancy. I am stunned by the fanciness in the market of speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and definitely rappers, because I got a ton of them. You're trying to be big time. You think acting like it is that. You know how you, be, you, have, you promote music? Make one person every day like your music. You know how you do that? By liking them first. By, by literally going to Twitter, I'll give you something real tangible. Twitter.com. Somebody loves us. I love it. Twitter.com slash search. 
twitter.com slash search. Go search people. You've got your opinion of who you are as a rapper. Go search people talking about, you know, future. You think that's your style? Jump in and say, yeah, I like that track too. Yes, I love that hook. When ET tweets that Beyonce spoke to me, jump in and be like, yeah, that part. Like, become part of the community. Everybody wants everybody to love them. Love the community first, then they'll love you back. Guilt them into loving you. Oh, that's so, ah, ah. Look guys, that first video, for real, I have, you'd be shocked at the, the millions of people. That one video has 38 million views. And you'll be shocked that I did not do that on purpose. You'd be shocked that I just, what, what Gary Vee just said, I pour into that community for about 18 years and then boom, all of a sudden one day, that seed blossom into a tree. Doing, like 18 years. Doing the right thing is always the right years. So, so I'm also saying to whoever you are, don't, 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 don't do what Gary is saying and think that six months you're gonna see the results mm-hmm. or a year just because he told you that and you did what he told you to do that six months later, voila. No. How, do you, how do you think about patience? I mean, it's life, it's, it's everything. It's, I'm a big, big, big pusher of patience. Yeah, I'm just saying, because you don't know the result. You can only work the process. You don't, you don't know when the pride is coming. Do you know so, what I'm most fascinated about? Everybody there right now, how many people gave up yeah. a month before yeah. it was gonna yeah. happen? Yeah. Like, like, I'm worried that the, what happens when you die and you like go talk to God, God's like, yo, listen, I gotta show you something. You gave up on March 19th, yeah. 1994, uh, it was gonna happen on uh, April 7th, 1994, and you're like, what? Like, I'm fascinated by lack of patience. Omar asks, Making connections is a huge part of the music industry. For somebody who is starting out, where do I start? Oh man, that's a good question. I think like it's a little more easier for you or more than it was for me. 100%. Because, um, There's a thing called I, the fucking internet. Yeah, the internet is key. I mean, really for me, we had to sit, the Fuji's literally had to sit, go through like 7,000 A&Rs saying, this shit ain't gonna work. Like rappers playing guitars and Women singing and rapping? No, 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 that's too much. So with the internet, you can actually and you, build and your you, own audience. And you were going through that process, I'm trying to think now what, like in, that was happening in 91, two and three, before four and five, when, it seems like what? It was 94, three, four, five when Man, it happened? it was going like 93, 94. Do you know how weird it is? 1993, a group shows up with an acoustic guitar and we talking about we hip hop, we from the hood. And then you have one girl and Clef grabs his guitar and another kid's a rocker and I start playing guitar and Lauren starts to sing John Lennon Imagine. Then I go into a freestyle. Can you imagine someone who's A&Ring that time? Yeah, they know. Do you know what I mean? So the beautiful thing about the internet right here is that you get to create your world. And if, you're, if your music or whatever you're doing is really original, it's going to find its key audience because through the internet we've learned it's a big universe, right? So you got your crowd. I I completely agree with him and I say this all the time, the best way to sell is for people to come to you, right? And the fact that there are things now like Musical.ly and Snapchat and Instagram and all the other platforms we know, the fact that you can actually produce music, put it on SoundCloud and actually serendipitally walk into shit because somebody heard it or shared it and change your world, that's just incredible. Like people didn't have that opportunity. There's so, there are so many, there, there, how, how many Fujis, how many, you know, real, actually this, I'm dying to ask you this question. How many very talented musicians do you think did not get discovered in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s because 
there was just only so many A&R people. They maybe lived in Memphis, they maybe lived in Haiti, they maybe lived in Belarus. Like, in your opinion, do you believe that if you were great, it would have just happened? Or do you think in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, a generation that we don't grow up anymore, there were actually real big time talents that never got their opportunity because they just didn't have the luck of being in the right place at the right time? Yeah, but you know what's funny about what you said, right? Is, you see, the music of the 50s, the 40s, the 60s, the 70s, was a different thing because people wasn't worried about show business. Right. People was more worried about... The music. The music. You see, so this is how we know of Thelonious Monk. This is how we could go back to Muddy Waters. Mm -hmm. Like, Bibli don't go, Bibli. It wasn't really about... Because think about it now. Whenever we, this generation, want inspiration as a producers, and we go... I'm, I'm in the studio with Avicii. Okay. Right? And we sitting... In, in, in winter in, in Stockholm, it's dark, right? <laughs> yep. so, so we're sitting there and, you know, and, and we're talking about chords and progressions. And, and what's the reference? We go back to freaking like Ray, Ray Charles, Georgia. Mm -hmm. So it's like, at, at the end of the day, I just think that we have to understand that <clears throat> the idea of the Fujis was musicality. It wasn't like, oh man, we we about to do something to get put on so people right. know who we were. Man, if you listen to the first Fuji album, it's called Blunted on Reality. The whole album start off with a poem where the Ku Klux Klan is trying to come and invade this generation. And we talk about we are not going for that. Allow that. Yeah, so if you're trying to be in the music business, this is not the first message that you want to put out. So I, I think that the key to everything, whether if it's art, whether if it's, you know, you. Think of like a Picasso, like when you look at that piece, or think of Basquiat when you look at a piece, or just think of Miles Davis' bitches brew. Like no one's thinking about, so the idea is we have to think a thousand years from now, like is is this conversation gonna be relevant? And I really think that that's my key, like with this generation, and that's the only thing that I tell them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, y'all spitting out, y'all spitting out hits every second every second on musically my daughter's singing a new song right yep the new one is and then she you know and then she puts me on musically she's like come on dad I'm like, I'm <laughs> no, no, <not> bule. <laughs> no dad you're doing it wrong come yep. back again so third take third take and then what i noticed is like after 70 songs, songs are playing. I said, Angelina, who's this artist? She's like, I don't know. She don't know, but she knows this song. So I think if we can push more musicality to your point, because there are badass artists out there. They are on the internet, you know what I mean? And we just have to focus don't on you think? Don't you think these platforms give musicality a better chance? Because back to your point, you brought musicality yeah. and the human being that was thinking business is like, who wants this black guy playing a guitar and the girls sing? Like, right? That's, that right. Would, that's what stopped musicality. And now the open platforms, I actually think give musicality a real opportunity. Yeah, sexy black guy. Respect, yeah, respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, India, let's move this. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm, I'm always on the show virtually. Um, so I, I'm not in tech. I'm actually a, a songwriter. I'm releasing an album, um, and I'm trying to avoid, um, you know, spending money in ways like uh, hiring publicists yes. and so forth. I'm yes. trying to really uh, ramp up my social side. Um, what I've been doing is I've invested in several giveaway items try and, you know, accumulate a street team, which has worked. And I was just calling to find out if you had any additional ideas because you will hear about me uh, sooner or later um, because uh, this record will will get hurt. But I just Good for you, know, man. wanted to ask your opinion. Well, thanks, Daniel. And I'll give you some opinions and I'll even throw out something that we'll give you. If you want, and you might have noticed in the last Daily V, we uh, featured Ron Gilmore Jr.'s uh, music. If you want to reach out to D-Rock, and talk about some of your music. If you want to have some of your music featured in an upcoming Daily V, uh, I'm not sure what kind of music it is or what you know, D-Rock and Andy's ears are for that kind of stuff. Arabic rap, Arabic rap. Great, I think it'd be I'm really cool. <laughs> Got it. Uh, the craziest part was I was actually fucking pumped. I was like, yes, Arabic rap. I know exactly the kind of intense scene. Anyway, one, I'd love to offer you that because I'm a fan of the show. We'd love to give you some exposure, so speak to them. Let's see if that's a fit. Here's my big plug. Influencers, influencers, influencers. I think you took a very smart tactic of street teams. I think books and albums, when they do that, do quite well. I think the biggest arbitrage for attention at the lowest possible cost right now are influencers. If you can get people to do skits or other things on Instagram with your music, I think you would crush. And so I think if you spend two hours a day just reaching out to people based on hashtags on Instagram. So you go to Instagram, you search hashtags, and then you engage with people that are putting out stuff around thematics of either the names of the songs or the genre of the music or things of that nature, I think that you could really have a major impact by getting some influencers on board to give you some awareness and exposure to your music. What about TweetDeck? Do you think I should continue doing that? Because I am engaging with people through through hashtags. Yes, but I think Instagram is a better push platform than Twitter, which is why I'm pushing you that way. I would also document the journey of releasing an album. I would write at least two to four articles of the journey of releasing an album on medium.com because their editors there pick some articles and they populate them to the top and I think there could be some real opportunity for you there as well. I would also reach out to places like HuffPo, Forbes, Business Insider, cold, send them an email and say, would you like me to write a piece original for you on one musician's point of view on releasing an album in 2016, 2017. All of them are always looking for content. I believe that's a very inexpensive, quick way for you to get exposure to a crowd that might be reading for business or other things, but all everyone loves music and you're getting awareness. Got it? So what's your question and what's your name? Uh, my name's Nathan. And my question is like, what is your best advice for startup businesses? Because like, I've been working on one for three years and it's just so small, I don't know what to do. Well, what kind of business do you have? Well, I'm starting to do like, branch out in social media, uh, like YouTube and stuff like that. And I have a small team working on like, well, okay, so I make beats for smaller rappers. Okay, that's a good start. So yeah. I, I got a good business idea. I'm gonna trick Logic into using one of your beats and then you're gonna blow up and everything's gonna be set. Yeah, fam. So wait, is this more like, but, but is it is this more like a, like, like 
Like you're trying to set up your personal brand via social media, is that what you're asking? The best way to go about that? Yeah. So you're trying to become a big producer. You want to be Metro Boom and you want to go in that route. Yeah. Logic? Uh, my, my advice here is uh, interaction with your peers and through that, so say there's other producers. So there's, there's a zillion producers out there, right? So find some of your favorites or some people that you would almost see as competitors and collaborate. If you work with somebody else, you guys are always trying to outdo each other, but it's such a friendly comp- competition that, that their listeners on their YouTube and their Twitter are gonna find out that you guys are working together and then they're gonna wanna hear what you're doing with this guy or that guy and then through that, then other rappers are gonna start to hear what you guys are doing together or even individually and then wanna mess with you and then that rapper might have you know 2,000 followers or 5,000 followers, whatever the case may be. So to be quite honest, I think it's, uh, especially in this day and age for personal branding, there's two things. There's one, you should you know, do little vlogs and talk about who you are and the things that you like and the things you enjoy. How do you produce? Is it FL Studio? Is it Ableton? Do you use an MPC? Do you like the keyboard? All these things. Do tutorials. How to make beats. How to this. How to that. You, you want people to tune in and go, I like this guy. So for everything I want, I'm going to come to him. Whether I want to buy a beat, whether I want to learn how to make a beat or whatever the case may be, it should be all about you. You want to be the shit. You know what I mean? So I, I would say just have fun and... Uh, and connect with others uh, that that are even better than you, and learn why they're better than you, and fucking take their secrets and kick ass. Nathan, where do you live? I live in Kentucky. And and how old are you? Shout out Bryson Tiller. I'm 14. So you've been doing it since you were 11. I love this. Yeah. So listen, I mean, have you? Are, so I, I assume you love Logic and all that. Like, have you ever seen any of my content? Do you know like my belief on patience at all? Do you know anything about this? Yes, I, I've been watching you for like two years. I love you for that, thank you. So, here, listen, it's very simple, man. <laughs> I, I, would tr- I have a lot of good things going on in my life. I would trade to be you right now. If you're at a place where you're watching my Instagram Live, when you're talking to me and Logic, you're 14 years old, you've already put in three years worth of work, you're savvy enough to be paying attention to my content and listening to this kind of music, like, you, you're, you're in such a great spot. The biggest problem is when you're 14, it's hard to be patient, right? Like, it's just hard. But listen, you need to hone your craft. Like, you're still in the place, if you think about mine and Logic stories. At 14, there was no internet for me. There was for him a little bit, so it's a little bit different. But, like, we were just still working on our craft. I was still at baseball card shows learning how to, like, set up tables, trade, how to negotiate. Logic, were you writing at this point? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I was totally writing. But one other thing that I do want you to also think about is like, you being 14, it's like you're like, oh man, I just want to do it now. I just want to do it now. There's a lot of people who are like, no, I don't want to finish school. Or I don't want to do this. Or I don't want to do that. Like, first and foremost, remember that if you are blessed and you are in a position where you can go to school and get an education, you do not take that for granted because it's something that I did take for granted. But one piece of advice I want to give you and everybody out there watching who's like, no, I just, I just want to just get rid of everything else and just focus on this one thing. That's BS, man, because when I was 17 years old, I left home and I worked two jobs at the same time while still working on my music. So no matter how hard it might feel or how how angry it can be to just wanna just do that one thing all the time, make sure you are balancing your life. It's very important. So I'm a bigger fan of going all in. I'm not saying quit school at 14 and this and that, but I feel like you did go all in by having two side jobs that enabled you to survive in some way to focus on your 
on your music. Oh, completely. But what I guess what I'm saying is is that if you're a kid, don't drop out of school because you just want to focus on one thing unless there is no other option. For example, or, I didn't drop out. I right. was kicked out of right. school. Right. Or or if the market told you so. If you're a 19 year old and you're the best basketball player in the world and the NBA is ready to pay you, oh, come on, you drop. Yeah, you get right? That so Nathan, listen. Yeah. I I think more than anything like, like, if you're being very honest with me and Logic, are you good yet? Like, do you think you're great? Do you think you're like all time? Do you think you're like Lil Wayne at 14 and like actually that great already? Or do you think you just still have a long way to go because you're just getting your shit together? I think I have a longer way to go, but I do think I do have some skill in NFL Studio. Okay, so I love that. So where are you with social? Have you been promoting? Are you storytelling? Are you vlogging? Do you have a vlog on YouTube? Like, which I think is just a great way to go about this. Um, I will start that. I'm planning on getting a camera soon. It's not gonna be like a big one, but it's gonna be like cheaper. Do you have a phone? Be able to, yeah. Well then you have I a camera. You have a camera. Like don't overthink the quality. Like I want you to do the work. Like you gotta taste it. Like Content. once you have the excuse that I don't have a camera yet, you're an excuse zone. Like film a vlog tomorrow on your, you have an iPhone? No. A Samsung? A good camera. Great. I don't care what you have. Flip phone. Like if you have a camera on your phone, film it and put it out tomorrow. Promise logic yeah. that you're gonna make a vlog tomorrow. Promise, Promise logic. I'm gonna haunt you. I promise that I'll make a vlog tomorrow. Great. I love it, Nathan. Nathan, listen, I'm Gary at com. I want you to email me in a month about how your vlog's going. Okay. All right, my man? Good luck to you. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So I think, I think, I think, here's how I think about that. That's a good idea, but what's even more exciting to me is how obnoxiously authentic this relationship is. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like to me, I would do that with somebody who's got like four million followers that like I don't even, like to me, fuck, like forget about my book. Like I'm, I've been been promoting, like I'm gonna promote the shit out of it. Like I'm gonna listen to it twice (laughs) and then decide what song I fuck with the most, you know? Like when we put together the playlist, he literally texted me a screenshot of your song, like yo bro, this one's on this week. He's like, I want to put you on there anyway. Boy, 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 like, but Boyd is 89 <laughs> to 94% of the playlist. Like, I'll listen one sure. time to make sure nothing's weird. I may take something out. He always tries to give me a little love of my genre of like throwback, a song or two. But then I got to make sure that was like a song I fucked with. <laughs> but it's very rare for a new artist for me to hit him up and be like, this has to go. Yeah. So I'm just so convinced about life. where you're going. Kind of honestly, on a very serious note, man, I really, really, really think you've got the absolute exact right thing for what's about to happen. I just think you need to, you know, my big thing is collaborations and volume. Like, you guys do you, that's always my thing. Like, to me, I just want you to do more shit. Like, you know, like, artists always, like, I'm, it's always tricky with my advice to artists because I want more volume and artists can run, like, they don't want to dilute it, they want it to be, like, per- like I have empathy but I know it's right. Cause, cause the, here's what people don't understand with volume. They remember the hits, they forget the other shit. You don't have the potential to suck. You understand that, right? Like, like if I was like, hey, you, but, but you, do you understand what I mean? Like if I was like, yo, you have to put out 100 songs in a row, your weakest one of those 100, in my opinion, isn't gonna be weak enough to fuck you up. 
and the upside of 100 fucking at-bats? I believe in that shit. And then collaborations, like, like, fuck, I think I was just listening to one of yours fucking just now, let me see. This would be great. Yep. Yeah, this is literally, literally what I'm listening to. Right. Yeah, I'm like right, like this, <laughs> like, as many of those as possible. I can't say it enough, man. It's just how music, like, you guys are in it and you know it better than me. I just know what humans do. That's why I'm gonna do my thing. It's just at bats. People don't get it. It's just tomorrow's song that changes everything. And, right. and it's hard, right? Because you put so much into, it's like parenting. You like raise this kid, you love him, but then like something that happens at school is a defining moment and that had nothing to do with you other than how you set it up. There's so much, you're so lucky that you're in Atlanta. There's something happening in the studio every day. For He's just too, like now that I'm like, now that I've been really, like I've been spending a lot of time DMing with like Sunny Digital and Metro Boomin and like, like I'm not, like I said this to Crit, like I'm not like a real music guy. The reason I fuck with you is what you're saying. Like, like I like the story, you know? I like that you're going to places that I think are vulnerable and truth, because that guy will, and that girl will always win. That's what people don't understand about Pac and Biggie. Go, go, like, actually go back and listen to Pac and Biggie. Real life They were talking stuff, about, like, like, you guys are youngsters. Like, you don't understand, like, Brendan's got a baby. Like, that was, a, that was ridiculous. Like, that was shit, like, like, like Biggie. That made people cry. Like, and just like storytelling, right? Like, Biggie's funny. Like, I got a story to tell you, it's funny. Like, it's, that was different. This was when hip hop was like, I'm hardcore, like, I'm tough and you're not simple. Binary. There was no other story. So they're vulnerable. Like, people don't get why. They broke out for a million reasons, but nobody, I mean, I watch every documentary, I read everything, and I'm waiting for somebody to say, those guys broke out. They say storytellers. They'll compare them to KRS-One and things like that. That's fine. It's the vulnerability. Right. Alan asks, how do you feel the future of music is going to be? How and where do you earn most of your money? I'm actually very excited by the disrupt in the music space. It's deserved to be disrupted for really quite a long time. Um, and it's deserved to fail. And I say that with all, all kindness. Um, you mean the, the people in the middle having disproportionate economics? Yeah, if I could do a brief history of music, um, musicians spent a long time understanding who they were as and what they offered as musicians. People call that a brand now. But they were natural brand creators, and so Led Zeppelin stood for something. You know, loving a musician was like an ethos, it was an entire culture, and they were culture builders. And they spent years cultivating that culture on the road. Radio came along and it just super boosted things. And there was a really golden time there for when that happened. And then radio became so powerful, people realized, hey, I don't have to have a whole great record. I can have one good song. And then the record labels were like, and we can charge for an entire record with only one good song. And the consumers started going, hey, screw you guys. I'm getting ripped off. This is a sucky record with one good song. Come, went to the digital age and people could say, oh good, I only have to buy one good song. At first, they were like, wait a minute, happened. Napster, I'm not buying shit. Yeah, <laughs> <that's true. laughs> <You know? laughs> And streaming. I don't personally feel that music will be monetizable in a very foreseeable way. I think that we should focus on musicians as brands, and we're lucky enough to use music as our brand builder, as our calling card. And the future of the music business is learning to build brands around artists that artists get to have equity in. Yep. 
you know, obviously the monetizing of live events. I, so I think access mm-hmm. is where all the magic is because it's the limited resource, mm-hmm. right? So whether that means in a show or one-on-ones or the brands they touch. I mean, look, it's funny to hear you go with the brand move of the equity thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about the economics 50 cent made mm-hmm. on just as sponsorship deal of vitamin water, let alone what you're seeing now where, you know, celebrities and musicians are getting five, 10, 15, 30% of a business mm-hmm. before it launches on the back of their brand. It's a very entrepreneurial answer, but it's a truth. It's a race to the bottom Mm -hmm. of control of those economics.